All right, a Friday night edition of the Fan Pregame. Ailish Forfar, Justin Cuthbert, Sportsnet 590 Fan, and on Sportsnet for the next half hour before we send you to Hockey Central and, of course, on Sportsnet 360 and 590 The Fan for the full hour. And another in-studio guest looking dapper tonight. You got Soto Soto res- uh, reservations Close. after that? <laughs> a little bit a little more. date uh, night, eh, Kipper? A little bit more out west in, oh. a, in Etobicoke. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it's a Friday night date night with, with the wife. Very nice. So looking we forward to it. We won't keep you for long. No, we appreciate you, you sticking good. around. Yeah. Hey, listen, usually when I'm talking to you guys, it's... Uh, 6 a.m. I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of, like, sleepy, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So... Great transition. Yeah, you're here. like way more awake. We're awake. The what's bright it, what's lights. What's it like sleeping in, you guys? <laughs> it's it's a it's a lot different. I like I was so used to like being tired at all times, and now I'm used to not being tired. And yeah. I'm, I'm I don't know if I'm like uh, struggling to get used to that, but yeah, it's been a bit a bit different. Uh, and we get you in studio, which is uh, very very cool. And I like how we can decide what Kipper's doing later based on the attire. Yeah. <laughs> I think you he's said, got places to we, go. We, this is because we're in this uh, different studio and we're wondering, like, what do we have to wear? Is there some sort of standard? You came in first day with a hoodie. I was like, okay, we'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. We're wearing hoodies. We'll be Just all good. Just the next day wore a hoodie this studio. Yeah. because of you. So I, needed, uh, I needed to follow Kipper's list. Stays a radio show. Yeah, oh, I agree. Um, all right, so we got, obviously, Nick Kiprios here for the next 15 minutes. Um, I know you've been talking a lot of Leafs, of course, on your show, Real Kipper and Born, 4 to 6 p.m. We just kept you in the studio, but... Feelings after night one, you know, we haven't had another Leafs game until tomorrow night. You're debriefing, you're decompressing from the highs and lows and the new goal song. Um, where are you guys landing on a Friday night? I think for the most part, at least as, as far as I'm concerned, they, they are uh, as advertised. Uh, a team that you, you, they're never out of a hockey game. And I think the, the game one against Montreal is a perfect example. While everybody felt like 5-3, under five minutes would be a, a situation where a team would lock it down. And not with the likes of a, a Willie Nylander, uh, Mar- Marner, Matthews, uh, high-octane kind of guys. And we saw Sheldon load up on them, uh, including pulling the goalie fairly early. So, yeah, I, I think we can get used to that uh, all season long. But the question marks, Ailish and, and Justin, uh, in the summer are still there throughout training camp. And they will follow them into uh, game two Tomorrow night against Minnesota is where is uh, the watermark for this blue line as is. And ultimately, by the March trade deadline, Brad Tree Living, what do you do to to shore it up? Okay, so we know, like, uh, if we're, so let's, st- let's uh, stick on the blue line because there's one new thing, and that's John Klingberg, right? Like, we, it was the addition to this blue line is the thing that we can see or at least gather a first impression on. So... What was your impression of John Klingberg, I guess, at, you know, in the summer when you're thinking about the signing and, and the fit? And did he meet your expectations in terms of good or bad? Like, how did you view his first night? How do you view yeah. the fit now after seeing it once live? Are you more or less confident in the <laughs> Klingberg edition? I, I don't, I don't want to take a, a, a good run at that question for no other reason that, you know, and I've been in a, a few season openers and uh, how you feel going into game one and how you settle in uh, within the next game or a, f- a few weeks or two weeks can be night and day for any one of us. Mm-hmm. So in saying that, uh, again, uh, a scenario where we certainly haven't liked anything what we've seen out of Klingberg the last year and a half, two years, uh, once upon a time, pretty important guy to the Dallas Stars, including through the the pandemic when we saw Dallas have great success in the bubble, uh, and he was instrumental. But something happened uh, along the way, especially in his own zone, that turned him into, uh, at times, uh, detrimental to his hockey club. Dallas was a scenario where it did not end well. 
Anaheim wasn't any better. They they took a flyer on him on a one-year deal at $7 million, mm-hmm. only to think that he can help the team along the way and be in a situation where they can flip him for a first-rounder. That never happened. And now the Leafs take another flyer on him at a $4.1 million contract for uh, what still seems to be some upside offensively. Mm-hmm. And certainly that will be determined, I think, more in, in the power play than anything else. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there's a chance for some success there. There's a chance that uh, he can certainly uh, walk a line, as we say, um, from picking up a puck along the boards to, to the middle of the ice. And we already saw a good example of that with uh, a really nice feed to Nylander for his goal uh, Wednesday night. But as the games tighten up in the back half and, and there's more of a need to defend, I'm just not sure where he is. Uh, with the Leafs still expecting him to play 20 minutes a night. Okay, so let's circle back on Klingberg the next time we have you in, maybe 10 games under his belt, but let's look at the one-game sample size of Austin Matthews. Yeah. A hat trick, and he wants to start off on the right foot. So what is starting off the season as a superstar and as someone with high expectations who had a down year, I'm using air quotes, what does that do for maybe the next month for him? Does it take a little bit of pressure off of him? I really do believe that mm-hmm. that that happened Wednesday night mm-hmm. uh, that he comes in with a, a new extension that, that kicks in next year and it's not a hundred thousand dollars more than uh, now Nathan mm-hmm. uh, McKinnon who jumped a hundred thousand dollars more than Connor McDavid mm-hmm. off a of Stanley Cup this is uh, uh, what a million dollars so coming in and restoring the faith that the 40 goals last season was just one of those scenarios where you're not going to score 60, but uh, I, I think it puts a lot of faith in, in everybody that he is once again going to run the table when it comes to putting the puck in the net. So I, I think last year it was, what, 10 games that he needed till he had his third goal? Mm-hmm. And uh, three already. He's a pure shooter. He's so dangerous every time he's on the ice. And, yeah, probably we saw more sleepy shifts from him last year than we ever had um, seen, and I include his rookie year. And I think Wednesday, him coming out of the gate like that is a a friendly reminder that uh, there's a reason why I'm making this money, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to make a statement once again this season. So Ryan Reeves was a headline after the opener, probably a, a secondary or tertiary one, given what we saw and, and the madness of night one. Uh, but he put himself back in the headlines today, commenting <laughs> on the Arbor Jacki fight, uh, getting himself involved in the Minton scrum. Uh, is there, you know, there's just, there's like tangible things. There's the, there's the lead. There's the start for Austin Matthews. There's the two points in the bank. Uh, so this one, I guess, is a little bit more uh, subjective. But has this team been affected at all by the Ryan Reeves effect, if you want to call it that. Is there real swagger? Has he changed his team in any discernible way? Uh, because, you know, we saw the likes of Austin Matthews jumping into a scrum. Yeah. We saw a little bit more pushback, bite, personality. Maybe maybe it's just a feeling of, hey, it's a little bit more laid back. Is Ryan Reeves having the desired effect for you already? Yes. Yeah, and uh, it just go back to that, that hit uh, that, that caused the, the kerfuffle with... Uh, with Jack Eye and just something that we're not used to seeing in the last few years out of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And more importantly, and I was able to write on this last week is, um, and you can still find it in the Toronto star on uh, real Kipper on my, my 
Twitter mm-hmm. X or whatever you want to call it, but <laughs> it's the ripple effect of a guy like Ryan Reeves and Bertuzzi to go in there and 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 instigate, not be in a position where uh, you're you're reactive, but you're actually proactive on stuff like this. And I I, I think it just makes everybody the the alertness for players on the bench is heightened so much every time Ryan Reeves has a shift out there because you just don't know what's going to happen. And if you're not paying attention and you don't pick up the vibe, um, you can actually get hurt out there. So I think I don't expect him to fight every night. And at his age, it's probably a good idea that you don't. But you just have to have that threat mm-hmm. of being out there. And uh, if, if it has an, an, a ripple effect like we did see Wednesday night against Montreal, that could be nothing but a good thing for the Leafs. Justin mentioned uh, Fraser Minton. We're actually going to speak to Fraser's mom, Chantal Minton, later in the show. Uh, nice. So be nice here, Which will be really sweet. Yeah, so be good about don't, what you said. Don't, she's don't, she's don't, listening. Don't tell me she's younger than I am, please. <laughs> she might be. Um, what do you expect from Fraser Minton? I mean, this is uh, seems yeah. like a, still a little bit of a tryout period, of course. Um, yeah. Game one, maybe not at the in impact that we had seen in the preseason of course this is the real deal now what do you think for the next couple games for i think it's fair to say that they're going to give him a few more games here um but um it's you got to be so careful with with guys like this because there's 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 that there's that fine line between um you know helping him with his development or actually kind of hurting it a little bit and i I think they're going to be wise on this Mm -hmm. he is in a situation where he's absolutely earned uh, the chance to at least start the season. He's smart. He's intelligent. Uh, he he comes across much more mature than his age. But physically, he's still, in my opinion, uh, a boy playing amongst men. And I don't think that uh, he'll be ever in a position this year, even if he stays, to, to, to be more than a, a checking centerman. And if that's the case, then maybe you are better to send him back to junior uh, more upside on the offense, go go lead a charge, go put 100 points up. More importantly, go back, play the World Juniors and have a, a great stage like that, be a leader, and then we'll see you next year once again to challenge for a spot. Do none of those immaturity concerns, uh, and I'm just saying that as, you know, he's a young kid, Fraser Minton, do none of those concerns apply to Matthew Nyes? To you, does he look like a guy who's clearly, clearly NHL ready and ready to have a really really big impact on this team this year yeah i don't uh see them in the same light here uh physically i think even matthew nyes between the time that he got hurt in the second round when kachuk uh or i'm sorry sam bennett took a a a healthy run at him to today is much different Uh, he's a big body he can protect pucks he can uh make plays the game's at times, I think, can slow down for him a lot more than it can Minton. And I I see big things coming out of Matthew Nyes. Uh, but again, you don't want to put too much on his plate. I, I think where they have him slotted right now behind uh, Bertuzzi and, and Domi isn't a bad thing. Um, but there's going to be times when he's he's with Austin and, uh, you know, or, or Tavares and, and having great success. How do you think the Domi thing plays out? Lots of pop when he gets on the ice. The crowd obviously loves him. Yeah. Ty is a fan favorite. Do you think he's going to want to stay here after this year? And you think he's going to earn? He's already earned the love of the team and the players. But. Yeah, I, I, he's going to be one of those guys who can play up and down the lineup. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think he ended up with, what, 12, 13 minutes mm -hmm. uh, on, on Wednesday night. And it's just up to him to bring uh, a lot of the consistency that we've, we've, we have seen in the past. Like, I do believe that he's a legitimate uh, 40, 50-point guy uh, that, can, that can at times get under the skin of, of his opponents. But uh, as, as far as, you know, locking in anywhere in the lineup, uh, I don't see that. Yeah. Uh, I believe you guys touched on it on Kipper and Bourne, of course, four to six on Sportsnet 590, the fan. Uh, the situation with the Phillies and the Braves and the bulletin board material yeah. and what's said in the dressing room or locker room and what's fair game for the media. What did you think of that story? Because uh, you've obviously spent tons of time around media members. It was a different time back then where it couldn't go on X right away and, <laughs> and cause, uh, you know, a, a series Somebody to maybe change. had to use a typewriter to write it up, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't take that shot. Yeah. I, did, I did not take that <laughs> shot. Uh, but what do, you, what do you think about that? Like, I, I, like I've been in, uh, in rooms and there is, like you're so desperate as, a, as yeah. a media member sometimes to give something to your audience to, uh, you know, help the conversation in the way that you can. And it just seems like now you have to be so, so careful. And the Leafs maybe are careful beyond even the regular or yeah. the normal team. What was your take on that? Well, first of all, I, I can't recall anyone ever picking up anything of either what I've said or my teammates said that wasn't directly uh, to them. Mm. So um, in saying that, my first thought was, is it that big of a deal that you reported that someone's, you know, yelling someone else's name out, you know, either from a negative effect in terms of, you know, Bryce Harper didn't make it back at, at first. I mean, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, is that that big of a deal? But if you're looking to hang your hat on something, I get it. But, you know, if I only had one thought on it, uh, it would be that once those, once that door opens up, uh, it's a public domain. name, donate domain. It's not, it's not your dressing room anymore. It's not your, locker room anymore uh look at us with mics on commercial Always breaks a hot mic. right a hot mic it's <laughs> like hey yes maybe the mic should have been down but mm -hmm. if that came out of your mouth at any time people are going to hold you to it and uh and, and that's your responsibility that doesn't fall on anyone else before we let you go, Kipper, it's Friday the 13th. Do you have any superstitions or I, curses you believe in? I always say I'm not superstitious but I don't take any chances either. Okay. Well, get get to your dinner safely. <laughs> drive you, are safely. You, are you a Jason Friday the 13th uh, lover? Not really. Can you watch those movies? Yeah, yeah, not? I like them. You do? Like, I'm, not like a, I'm not afraid of scary movies. I'm tough, Kipper. I don't need to watch those <laughs> movies. No, nah, I'm not. I'm I won't be tuning in tonight. You know, I'm not, I don't like, need to watch one, you know? But it's, a, it's October. It's spooky. Yeah, maybe. Time and place. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Halloween, but time and place. All right. Well, we appreciate you coming in, Kipper. Always. Safe travels to dinner Thank tonight. You. Two hands on the wheel. Yeah. We'll let you go. Thank you. Um, let's take a look at what's up on Sportsnet tonight, though, because we got some great games to preview. Pittsburgh and Washington is the big one. Crosby, OV. Uh, it's actually Washington's first game tonight, which feels late already in the season. Um, so we'll be looking ahead at that and at that rivalry, which will never die. Um, they're at 7.30 tonight on Sportsnet. And Arizona and the Devils at 7 o'clock on Sportsnet Plus. Uh, we'll have our picks later in the show from Bet Rivers on some of those. Uh, but the Crosby and Ovi thing is, you know, it's it's maybe everyone's favorite head-to-head -head still between two superstars. And uh, we saw this a couple days ago with Bedard and mm. Crosby, and they were trying to almost push the narrative of, oh, Crosby's passing the torch a little bit. But 
It feels like he's got that whole, like he's holding on tight to that. He's not ready to say, this is it for me. Like he wants to continue this fire and who better to do it against tonight than the Washington Capitals? Yeah, I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not worried about Sidney Crosby individually. Probably not worried at all about Alex Ovechkin individually. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I am worried about the state of rivalry a little bit mm. in the NHL because this was, Crosby-Ovechkin was an unbelievably important thing to the history of the NHL. Unbelievably important to the likes of Gary Bettman, Bill Daly, and the people running the NHL right now. I mean, the NHL was in a pretty bad place coming out of a lockout when these two guys first arrived and they really, really carried mm-hmm. it through and got the league back to a, I know, and I, I know you could quibble with like how good is the state of the NHL, but when you compare it to where Crosby and Ovechkin started from the launch point for mm-hmm. them, it has increased dramatically. And this is, you're right. One of maybe not the last times, but we are running out of Crosby versus yep. Ovechkin's. And I don't know who's next. You mentioned Bedard. Who's Bedard's natural rival? I was trying to think about this too. And maybe it's going to be someone that he got drafted Someone else with? named Connor McDavid? Like, I, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it, it just seems a little bit fabricated. And the best rivalry is when they come in together. We almost had that a little bit with Austin Matthews, Patrick Laine. But when it was clear Patrick Laine wasn't Austin Matthews, that rivalry rivalry fizzled pretty fast. It's something that you can't manufacture, and that's the beauty of Crosby versus mm-hmm. uh, Ovechkin was that they came in at the same time. There was like a little hate on, same division. It worked beautifully, and it was really important to the history of the NHL. I just don't know how repeatable it is. Like Bedard will have to figure out who his rivals are in a different way because there's no natural one to me. So obviously Matthews, McDavid, even though they are, you know, the big names in our market and not and, and um, Edmonton, it doesn't feel like they have that rivalry, right? They just try to perform better against each other than others. And they haven't had the heated playoff battles as well. And I think that's what really makes Sydney and uh, Ovi such a great battle. I mean, the Kachucks are starting to bring, like if we're talking about marketable athletes, the Kachucks this last year has like blown up for them. Like, I mean, obviously you saw the playoff push and both of them supporting each other and the way they speak on each other's behalf and how they talk about their brotherhood and their rivalries really special. And I, I saw someone on Twitter posted this, that there was a, maybe the first time ever that they could remember an Ottawa Senator being in a national television commercial. And I thought it, it I couldn't remember one either. And the, the Kachucks are in a car and they're on a commercial Florida Panther. too. Yeah. And, and it's, that is growing the game. And we, we talk about how you're going to do that. Well, you need, marketing towards players that have something of substance. I mean, Trevor Zegris was one, right? When he did the cool Michigan and mm-hmm. some people got upset about that. But and he got himself on a video game cover. he got cover. on a video game cover. But like he isn't resonating as much here, but maybe it's the Kachucks. Maybe it's Matthews and, and trying to make Matthews versus McDavid a thing. But Bedard is like, if you got money, you're putting it in that, that kid's hands to be a sponsor or a a face of whatever brand you are. Yeah, Bedard's definitely the hot player, and for good reason. I mean, ESPN went pretty hard on the Mm -hmm. Connor Bedard introduction early on (laughs) in their season. We (laughs) get Bedard coming through some Canadian markets here, so Mm -hmm. Sportsnet's obviously going to be highly invested in the Bedard story, uh, but he's still trying to define himself as a a player and Mm -hmm. as a player within the NHL ecosystem, right? Like, I don't know. We don't know how it's going to look like exactly We know it's going to be a high shot volume guy who's going to score some goals, but how far he can take the Blackhawks, how important he really is in the entire NHL landscape, I just don't think we know that just yet. Okay, so we teed up that it is Friday the 13th and in October, Friday the 13th, so even more spooky. Later in the show, we're going to talk about the most cursed franchises because it is Friday the 13th, and people believe that that is a unlucky or a cursed day. So 
Our text line is always open at 595-90. Do you have a suggestion or your own submission for cursed franchises? We have quite a few. We went through them. We picked about five each, and we'll get to those around uh, 645 on the show after we talk to Chantal Minton, which would be really sweet. Um, So send those in at 595-90, or you can tweet Justin and I um, your picks or your favorite curses, which is kind of a... Not a, I guess nobody wants a favorite curse, but nonetheless, there are some uh, you fun can enjoy, ones. I think you can enjoy a curse. You can cheer for a curse for someone else. I think there are 31 sure. NHL teams that might be enjoying the curse <laughs> there the are Maple some Leafs curses. might be dealing with. Yeah, so are the Maple Leafs cursed? Like, it's a real question that we're trying to unpack. They did make it through the first round last year, but... Was that do, curse lifted? To do what? Was it lifted? Like, it doesn't feel like it was lifted. It doesn't yet. It sure, certainly doesn't yet. So you can send that in. You think the Maple Leafs are cursed? And if so, how can we reverse that? Um, and what other franchises do you think may be cursed? Um, but let's take a quick look at our bets for tonight. So it's time now for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Take a chance. Travis Kelsey did not get a touchdown yesterday. I think I'm going to start fading him, actually, when uh, Taylor Swift is in attendance. It is too distracting. Uh, but they did a very nice, subtle job with the Taylor Swift coverage yesterday, so I was proud of that. Um, I'm going to go over tonight in the Penguins and Capitals game. Uh, that is at 6.5. It's a minus 112 on Bet Rivers. We just talked about it. It's Ovi. It's Sid. It's the first game the Capitals are playing. Maybe a little bit of sloppy hockey, as we saw with the Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Penguins and the 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 Caps have this rivalry that they're going to want to put the puck in the net. They're going to want to make a statement. So over six and a half will be my pick tonight on Bet Rivers. Yeah, it was a bit of a weird start for the Penguins, obviously losing to Chicago mm-hmm. in the opener. Uh, maybe they're going to want to right the ship a little bit. The best way to do that, probably offensively. And and uh, mm-hmm. you know Ovi starts seasons hot. So maybe oh, yeah. maybe the over is the safe play. I'm going to the other game in the NHL. Devils uh, hosting, I believe, the Arizona Coyotes. Doesn't matter, home or away. I'm taking them to win yeah. by two goals or more. <laughs> I just think the Devils are going to be... A team that's able to punish bad teams. I don't know how bad Arizona is, but I feel like the Devils are way better, and they're going to. I don't think Arizona's great on the board tonight. <laughs> so yeah, Devils minus one and a half plus one hundred two is my pick for today. Okay, let's take a quick look at some MLB playoff odds because last night we saw uh, our Phillies do the thing. So they're moving on. Uh, no games until Sunday and Monday, so we don't have to tee anything up tonight. But. You want to do World Series MVP because your guy is top of the list. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if this is like an advisable wager here, but if you're like, if you're, if you believe in curses just for this city, mm-hmm. and we're talking about sicko, like it's something you don't want to cheer for, but like it, 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 it kind of like hurts so good. Like John Cougar Mellencamp would maybe say, Gabriel Moreno <laughs> to win World Series MVP is 100 to 1 right now. This guy leads the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are just Mm -hmm. one series away from going to the World Series, in both home runs and RBIs. Gabriel Moreno could win World Series MVP. There's a world better than 1% chance that he wins World Series MVP. So 100 to 1, I think that's pretty good. Gabriel Moreno, World Series MVP. Just just to stick it to Blue Jays fans who just need something good to happen, and I guess that wouldn't be it. That'd be toxic. In this city, yeah. uh, Bryce Harper obviously leading the list at plus eight hundred. Um, but Which I feel like is a good bet. Like I think the Phillies are going to win the World Series. Well, there you go. If they you think the Phillies those, are going like to win, the, plus eight hundred. And, and Bryce Harper clearly is an absolute megastar in the playoffs, and I think that's a decent one. So well. there's your World Series MVP odds. If you like Bryce Harper to win that, and if you'd like Philly to just win the World Series, plus one ninety five on Bet Rivers uh, for the World Series champs and houston just ahead of them at one plus 175 texas 300 and arizona plus 485 so maybe 
Maybe the long shot is the way to go, Justin. Yeah, I mean, I've already got some bets down for the MLB playoffs. Otherwise, I would be playing the Rangers. Plus 130 to beat the Astros. Like, I think the Rangers have something Mm -hmm. cooking. It's not as strong as what the Phillies have. The Phillies are just like, it feels like it's There's some magic there. That's unstoppable at this moment. But I feel like the Rangers have a bit of that. Maybe we wrote off the Astros too soon. But I think Rangers plus 130. But I do think the best bet is Philly. Plus 195 to win the World Series. Okay. To win the World Series. Put those in because the game starts Sunday, 8 p.m. Uh, the ALCS, Texas and Houston will be Sunday night. Monday has ALCS game two, and Monday night is NLCS game one. That's at 8 p.m. All right. That was Between the Lines brought to you by Bet Rivers. Take a chance. After, this, after the break, we're going to talk to Frazier Minton's mom, Chantel Minton. She's been having a little bit of a media moment, deservedly so, because their son is having his own NHL moment. And then we'll get to our most cursed sports teams after that. The most opinionated Maple Leaf show out there. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back on the fan pregame, Sportsnet 590, the fan, and Sportsnet 360 for the next half hour. Elish Forfar, Justin Cuthbert on your Friday the 13th. And uh, vibes have been real good, though, for the Minton household. Feeling like Mama Minton, who's joining us now, Chantel Minton's had a pretty good week. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, Chantel. How's it going? It's going great. Thank you, Justin. How are you? Uh, we are doing so well. It's so great to get the ch- a chance to chat with you. Um, I know you've been uh, probably overwhelmed with a little bit of media attention because of what's been going on in the household. But I know that we've seen some stories about how disruptive this last little week has been. All of a sudden, your son might make an NHL team. You've got to fly across the country. You're trying to coordinate. Are you making it or not? So walk us through what the last week has been like for your household. Well, champagne problems, yes. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, yeah, whirlwind for sure, but we were thrilled, of course. Um, you know, Fraser was out here last year for the prospect tournament, and then for, I think he played one preseason game last year. And the whole time we kept thinking, oh, we're missing out. You know, we should be out there. We should be supporting him. And um, then this year, similarly, it was like, oh, when do we head out there? Like, when should we go? And he kept saying, well, I don't know if I'm in the next game. I don't know what's happening. And so it really is just one day at a time, right? And that's how you play it. Um, So finally, when the weekend came, um, we said to him, you know, what's going on? And he said, I have no idea. You know, we're just waiting to hear and we're going to, again, just play it one game at a time, one day at a time. So we found out through one text message, and I have to quote it because my husband and I just about lost our minds. <laughs> he, he sent a, just a, a plain text that said, I made the NHL. Oh, my God. Nice. That gave me the chills. <laughs> like, That's yeah. awesome. Like, it's so emotional, and I'm not even related to Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. That yeah. is very, very cool. I guess, you know, not worried about vacation days when your your son <laughs> is sending you a text like that. Okay, so you get the text, which is uh, probably a euphoric moment, awesome to say the least. Uh, but yeah. there's another emotion, right? There's the pre-game, pre-Wednesday night, pre-opener <laughs> moment for the Minton family. So how were you guys in terms of nerves before his NHL debut Wednesday night? Well, I didn't really have nerves around, 
you know, how he would do or anything like that. Um, and it's not about us. So that wasn't it. Um, I don't know. It's just so emotional, I guess. Uh, and so I was hoping that I, you know, would hold myself together enough to enjoy the game is, is what I thought. I mean, it, it, yeah, you sit up there in the stands and it, when they announced him, somehow I managed to feel more happy you know about it instead of you know the happy tears that come along as a bonus to dreams like this that happen what kind of parent hockey parents are you because i i mean i come from a hockey family so does justin so well you know sometimes hockey parents can be crazy mine were you know a little bit strict at times push you to be your best but you know you you now have your son who's achieving his dream how would you classify your hockey parenting side i would say ignorant (laughs) (laughs) no no seriously and and possibly you know one one of the interviewers said to me something about uh, ignorance is bliss and I, I think that that's true to a certain extent we we were there really just to support our kids doing what they wanted and what they really loved uh, honestly there were a lot of 6 a.m mornings uh, when we were playing in minor hockey and uh, we would tell the kids if you guys don't want to get up for this practice you know we're okay with that <laughs> so um yeah we we were just there of course, I you know I I can't say that we didn't grow as parents doing things that other hockey parents were doing to try to give our kids the opportunities that were presented to them. Um, but we were definitely not the type to uh, rehash the game in the car. No, we, uh, we don't know enough. We don't know enough for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's I think that's a good point. Ignorance is often. Uh, Bliss, I don't know how many other hockey parents were juggling like piano at the same time. Uh, It's probably pretty good (laughs) for Frazier to have different uh, interests, of course. But I wonder, do you you think any piano skills translate to the, the sheet of ice? I do actually. I mean, I, I I didn't take music myself, but my you know my husband did, and and I do strongly believe that it helps to develop different pathways in your brain, different ways of thinking, um, and it. Actually, just the other year, Fraser was asking for some music to be sent to him or or look for something because he found that to kind of get himself away from worrying about games, perhaps, or about team dynamics or anything that might be on his mind about hockey, he would, you know, lose himself in, in practicing some music. So uh, I think there there's a lot of benefit to it, yeah. In the last little while, I'm sure you've had questions about remembering Frazier growing up and playing hockey, maybe the first time he put skates on and and all the like little memories of growing up with a hockey playing son. But I wonder for you when it clicked that your son might have what it takes to achieve this dream. And I know you said ignorance is bliss, but there had to be a point in the last little while where it became real, where it became this is an actual challenge that you might actually achieve Frazier so when was that real and and what's the realization around that that you helped get somebody to that point and it's become feasible well frankly Justin I think it's still soaking up you know I'm still soaking it up um the trajectory has been steeper than anybody expected um at the draft we you know my husband and I looked at Fraser and and that was big time surprising to us as well um we looked at him and we said isn't this unbelievable and he actually said to us he said well i believed it all the time the whole time and so we kind of jumped on the believers train after that 
and said, well, the sky's the limit. Let's just see what happens. But we had no idea that, you know, we'd be celebrating something like this so soon. Uh, we are chatting with Chantal Minton, of course, the mother of Fraser Minton, who made the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, out of training camp. It might be too early for reflection, Chantel, but I wonder through this whole process, uh, you know, maybe just the last two weeks alone, we can distill it to just that. Have you learned anything about your son? Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> um, I mean, he he has shocked his dad and I with um, how he's able to handle this whole new world that, you know, we have no idea being in. And for him, it's, you know, he's gone from a small pool or small pond to, you know, a really big lake, we could say, actually, couldn't we? Um, <laughs> so uh, he, he impresses with how he handles himself. Uh, and that did not come with any coaching from us. And, you know, I think, what I really appreciate is although there's a time for celebration that we're in, you know, the last few days we've seen even just in the last 24 hours where he's like, okay, you know, time to put a lid on it because this is a job and I have a lot to focus on and it's time to move to the next step and see how long I can keep things going here. So uh, he's impressed us. Well, that level-headedness is important, right? I don't know if the, the ignorance is bliss applies to this because everyone sort of understands the magnitude of the Toronto Maple Leafs. But is that attitude where, yeah, level-headedness is key and not getting uh, putting the cart before the horse or however you want to put it? I mean, this is a major, major media market. This market eats up certain athletes uh, over the course of their careers. Uh, is, you know, the 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 principles by which your son lives on, do you think it makes him sort of capable of hanging in this market and being a Toronto Maple Leaf? Yeah, I do, actually. I think um, he he knows how important, you know, everything around the media and around the team being a business and the marketing of all of that. But he also knows that his job is very focused and he needs to go to the rink. He needs to look after his nutrition. You know, he needs to look after uh, how much sleep he's getting. He he needs to do the focused job that is playing hockey to the highest level that he possibly can in every shift. Um, you know, that's really what's important to him. And, you know, he, he said that to uh, his dad and I, too. He said, this is not a development league. You know, if I can't do it, Somebody else is right there who is going to be able to do it. And I respect that because if they could do it, then, you know, <laughs> that's that's what I would want to watch, too. <laughs> uh, so Frazier might be built for the market. I think his parents might be built for mm-hmm. the market, too, because you're handling your media responsibilities uh, pretty good as well. One last one for you, Chantel, because your son is a year older, I believe, than Connor Bedard. But, you know, there was some overlapping with Connor Bedard and like there's no getting in the way of that hype train even several years ago. And you say that it's like, yeah, it's not the end of the world, the, the games at, you know, not even a minor hockey league level, but just growing up in hockey and how things weren't as pressure packed. And we've, as Ailish mentioned, we played hockey and it seemed like it was way too serious all the time <laughs> with par- play- parents and players and everyone taking hockey way too seriously in this country. I couldn't imagine, you know, playing hockey even adjacently to Connor Bedard and all the hype that surrounded that. So 
Was that what I'm envisioning with Cotter Bedard when he was growing up and how big hockey was in that area? Or is that maybe the secret over there on the West Coast <laughs> that maybe hockey doesn't have to be taken that seriously? Well, um, from my experience, his parents were extremely level-headed um, when we played on the team with him and Connor himself. He just handled himself like any other teammate and that's part of the reason why, you know, teammates as well as um, I think the media and the teams really appreciate him because he's incredible, right? Um, but he, he he's so humble and he's so gracious. And so, you know, when you talk about this sort of mania, there wasn't. It didn't feel that way when you played on a team with him. It was like any normal kid. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say everybody's hockey path is different, right? And I wouldn't say that there's something going on out West that is not <laughs> happening here. I, I would just say that, you know, sometimes you get pretty lucky and end up with uh, with great teammates and and you hope that that persists. Well, he's got another one in Morgan Riley uh, from the West Coast as well. So I think there is a bit of a secret there, even if you're not completely indulging us. Uh, No matter what happens with Frazier this season, uh, it's been an immense success. So congratulations to you, to Frazier, to the Minton family on, uh, you know, this this unbelievable story to break camp with Frazier Minton making the Maple Leafs and enjoy uh, the season to follow. Chantel, thanks so much for being on with us. Oh, it was a great pleasure. Thanks very much. And go Leafs, go. Go Leafs, go. And there's Chantel Minton, mother of Fraser Minton, Mama Minton, joining the show. That was awesome. That was so sweet. It it just it made me think about, I mean, they were so humble, and I don't think they gave themselves as family so much credit. But, I mean, you were shaped by those that got you to the to the to the NHL and I, I could tell in her voice that it's probably overwhelming but like very humbling for the family to see him at that stage and I mean it's a it's a family success right even though he's the one on the ice you could tell that they raised him the right way and that's we hear that about Connor Bedard as well and this was really touching so it was really nice to get her on so I appreciate them uh, doing some media around their son and for me I'm comparing like my hockey experience when I was young and it was like <laughs> so serious and it was not even yeah. remotely close to a high, a high level as Fraser Minton played and it's like yeah, it's a good reminder we mm-hmm. kind of have to take a little bit of a step back because there's only so many Frazier Mintons and Connor Bedards and Morgan Rileys, uh, and it should be fun, and it should be, uh, you know, less stressful than it is, and maybe that's part of the key for Frazier Minton, going through hockey in a way that wasn't, you know, as serious until it needed to be very serious, which I guess it was in training camp with him making such a major impact. I also played piano growing up. That so. might be the key. Didn't make the NHL, West Coast, though. piano. It, there, I think the there Frasier is something. It's it's dedication to a craft, to a very fine tuned practice. You need to be committed. You have to put the effort in. Sometimes it's hard. Nobody wants to sit down at the piano and play your scales till whatever hour. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're a hockey player. I remember this. I would be so annoyed when it was coming around the piano lessons every week. I'm like, oh my god, I didn't practice enough. That's why I never made it. That's why well, Fraser did. Well, I'm the guy who faked <laughs> playing his instrument in middle school because he didn't faked want to mess it. How up. How did you fake playing it? Well, when you had like a recital or whatever, when everyone's you playing just in didn't front, play I just didn't it? What play because I didn't want to. I didn't want to be the what one who would the... have the bad note, and everyone would know what it was me. What instrument, Justin? Uh, tenor saxophone. Oh, that's sick. 
and there was only a couple, so I had to be. Oh, I had to rely on your, my teammates. Your sax team down. No, if I played, I would have let everybody down. So I just, you know, I faked it. It was that was probably the smartest thing I've ever done. Wow. To be honest, I did drums for the school band. Yeah, you're the you're, you're the drum kid. Yeah, I was the drum kid. All right, it's Friday the thirteenth. We're talking about. Sports teams that are cursed. Woo. Uh, you can send those in at 59590. We got a couple in there, uh, but Justin and I picked uh, a couple each. Uh, we'll go through them here to wrap up our show uh, before we send you on. Hopefully, not a spooky evening. But I kind of took mine in, in a couple different directions. Um, no recency bias trying to be applied, but some of them are staring you right in the face. My okay. first one <laughs> is the Buffalo Bills. Disclaimer, I am a Bills fan, so this one hurts to be putting them first. But uh, when you have multiple curses named after your failures, like Wide Right, Music City Miracle, 13 Seconds, you know you're in a bad spot. You lost four straight Super Bowls in a row. I don't think anyone has ever done that before. They just find these devastating, heartbreaking ways to lose. I would say the Bills are one of the most cursed sports franchises Around. Yeah, the Bills are on my list as well. I think one of the key things with a curse is even when things are good, it finds a way to not work. And the Bills are mm-hmm. still in their window. But the Bills have come close the last couple of mm-hmm. years. And there's disappointment even in the best of times. And I think that is the key That's where it feels like cursey. Not just bad luck, but cursey. Like it can't happen. Like even in the best days, it cannot happen. Uh, so for that reason, the Bills are a good pick. They're on my list as well. I do think, however, though, that the most cursed NFL franchise is the Minnesota Vikings. I think the Minnesota Vikings are the most cursed franchise uh, in sports. And I, like you, like you like the Bills. I used to be a Vikings fan. I just gave up because I couldn't do it I know, anymore. It, it, within the last couple of years, you gave up because yeah, I, 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 I knew you when you were a Vikings fan. And, and, I, and a, a lot of people do that, right? Like, I don't care anymore. Like, I genuinely <laughs> could not be less interested in putting a Minnesota Vikings game on. They just, they lost it for me. Uh, And they are cursed with 62 years of existence, no Super Bowls. In the Super Bowl era, they have the fifth best winning percentage in the regular season. So we're talking decades upon decades of like reasonable success, Mm -hmm. but nothing ever to show for it. They went 15 and one in 1998, did not make the Super Bowl. In my lifetime, they've never won consecutive playoff games. So they've never like won in the divisional round and Mm -hmm. then won in the next round. They've never done that. They never strung together playoff or uh, postseason's uh, victories, they have they have like a defining characteristic of failure too where they always miss kicks. They missed a kick to go to the Super Bowl in 1999. <laughs> that is true. That's Blair a Walsh missed luck. a 27-yard field goal in 2016 to win a playoff game. It just seems like they always find an excuse to lose and they're always okay. So it's not like you're miserable and you never, mm-hmm. you have no chance. They're always okay. And they always blow it. The Vikings are the most cursed team. In it's certainly sport. a popular one. Uh, we do have the text line open at five ninety five ninety. You can send us one there, or tweet us, or DM us if you've got suggestions for it. But the next one for me, another personal one: the Toronto Maple Leafs. On my list too. I mean, do I even need to explain it? Nineteen sixty-seven. You hear that enough, eh? And not even a Cup final since then. The Harold Ballard saga, and I know there was that documentary last year that kind of recircled and resurfaced like the curse of that time and what has happened since. And it's not just losing, it's the devastating losses that you just mentioned with the Bills where it's like you had it all and it just was surprisingly bad, right? Remember when they blew the... Lead against the <laughs> Yes, Boston I Bruins. do remember that, Alish. They haven't advanced past the first round in so long, and so now they have. And this is the question. Are they cursed 
did they break it this year? We will have to wait quite a while to find out. But the way that they have fallen short and fallen short and fallen short and feels like everybody piles on as well, like that feels cursy. It doesn't just feel unlucky. You have a talented team that hits a wall. Cursy. Well, and when you're playing with your emotions too, like you finally won a playoff uh. series, victory, uh, series victory this past season, and then it's almost worse <laughs> yeah. because the way you lost in the second round for that reason – Obviously, the Leafs are dealing with some sort of cursy vibe, mm-hmm. but they also have that like the the folklore, right? Bill Barilko yep. winning or, or scoring the Stanley Cup winning goal, definitely the plane accident, fifty mission cap tragically mm-hmm. hip. They don't win another Stanley Cup until the body is found or the plane is discovered. I mean, That's all of that stuff is stuff. real deal, yep. cursy vibe, folklore stuff that is easy to buy into. So yes, the Leafs are definitely on a list of top cursed franchises. My number two, though, is the Arizona Coyotes. Well, that's shocking. They're cursed because, like, no one wants them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they lo- they left Winnipeg because they had to leave Winnipeg, mm-hmm. and then they find a new home, and then they get kicked out of that home, and you think <laughs> you have a new arena, and then the, the county's like, no, we don't really want you. So I think there is some sort of curse where it's like, it's bad it, decision making and ownership and management. No, no, it's like the unwanted, right? Like that sounds like a horror That's flick. Sad, that sounds yeah. like a curse. That's it's, more sad than anything. It's the team that can't find a home, and for that reason, I think when you when you like uncover every problem off the ice that you possibly can, that feels cursy to me. Okay, uh, we only have a couple more minutes, so let's go through a couple more. Uh, my next cursed sports team is is actually an individual, Drake. That guy's got some creepy, weird voodoo spell that works against him in his gambling history. We all know this because you see it. He puts like $500,000 on somebody and they lose. And it's not just once or twice. Like the list I wrote down here is lengthy. Johnny Manziel, Connor McGregor, Serena Williams, the entire Kentucky Wildcats basketball team, Barcelona, Arsenal, Golden State Warriors, who are up 3-1 against the Cavs, the Leafs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The only team that hasn't been... Drake cursed was the Raptors who won the mm. championship. But since then, maybe they got the curse like retroactively. But Drake is a curse himself. Drake is definitely a curse. Uh, he's right up there with Madden, NHL, whatever you want to <laughs> mm-hmm. call it. Uh, what Drake touches generally <laughs> can struggle on a, on a field of play. I do like that he continues to put his, put his bets on Instagram oh, he stories. Care. They always lose and it just doesn't matter. And I think that's the life a lot of he's people want to He's just flexing that he's like, I'll lose 500K on a Saturday yeah, night. Yeah, it's like he's the per- like fade me. Fade me and make <laughs> some money so you can be on my level. The only other team that I had is England. The mm. men's national team in England is definitely cursed. Uh, they had 22 years between penalty shootout victories, which is obviously something that happens often in soccer, especially in major international tournaments. Losing every single time for 22 straight years is tough, and they lost one in the Euro final to Italy in 2020. So obviously uh, there is some curse there. Then in 2022 or the 2023 2022 World Cup in 2023, Harry Kane misses a penalty in the mm. quarterfinals. They lose. It was 56 years between major championships for England at the senior level. The women broke that for the country. Uh, they're still obviously feeling a little bit cursed on the men's side. And of course, I don't know if you're, I'm going to watch the David Beckham talk tonight. Mm, nice. In 1998, he gets the red card. That's Ooh, part of the curse. You're going to watch it on Friday the 13th? Well, I'm going to celebrate the curse of the English national team (laughs) tonight on October 13th. I think that actually works perfectly. Okay, perfect. Uh, My last one here is another fun one. Uh, It's the Madden curse. You mentioned it, but it's not a coincidence anymore. Um, In the over 20 years of having the Madden video game, more than half 
of the players that were on the cover have had either a bad injury, poor luck, bad performance, decline in play, weird, bad juju happen. Um, Well, Josh Allen's on it this year, so let's hope that isn't the case. There is a lengthy, lengthy list of players who legitimately had jaw-dropping injuries the next year. And it's you can't... It gets to the point where if 10 people have had this in 20 years, it's a bit weird, is it not? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's the key, though. I mean, you mentioned the Bills. You mentioned Madden. You Mm -hmm. mentioned Josh Allen being on the cover of Madden. So we're breaking If a curse meets a curse... We're breaking the curse. Do you... Two curses go up against each other, it combusts. Competing (laughs) competing curses... It's results in a combustion. Out. There's I think something in math like that, right? I think there's something there. And after watching the Kansas City Chiefs last night, I'm thinking, yeah, it might be Buffalo's here. Okay. Did you have any more? No, I, I went through mine. I, I know you had one more in the Lions. I had the now. Lions, but you're not. Yeah, you're not. It's not uh, even worth it. No. They just they haven't what they're just they, bad. They're just. Well, that's the I thing actually I, wanted the to thing hear I your wrote down on. was are they bad or cursed? Yeah. It was that Bobby Lane part, right, where he said he, they traded him in, like, 1957, and they were like, he said, you're not ever going to win again for 50 years. Okay, that's cursey. And I didn't he know said that, that and cursey. then look at where they are now. But they were also bad for some of that. So. But they're also going to win maybe this year. So that's what I'm saying. Maybe they're going to be good and actually win. Okay. That's where we're at. So we decided then the Leafs are, like. Leafs I got up there. Is and an ongoing curse. Yeah. The curse remains. Wasn't broken by a playoff series Let's victory? Let's talk about this in March. Okay. March the 13th, we'll whenever that Friday. The next Friday the 13th, we'll ask about the Leafs, okay? If it's in March, just because you said it, maybe there's something. Who knows? Um, all right. Well, that was a great Friday the 13th, even though uh, it is a spooky day. Careful we, getting home. Yeah, careful everybody getting home. Uh, we've got Pittsburgh and Washington up next on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 1. Uh, that'll be a great game. And then tomorrow, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Justin and I have our first pre-game and intermission Leafs coverage. Um, you can catch it on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. We're doing that all season long. Looking forward to it. Yeah, with the Minnesota Wild in It's town. kind of a random it's Saturday be, night matchup, but we'll take it. We're going to take it. Every Saturday, Leafs, this is the time of year for it. We're excited. It should be a lot of fun covering the Leafs all year. So we'll be on at 6 o'clock tomorrow night um, on Sportsnet 590 The Fan ahead of the Leafs and the Wild. And we'll be back on Monday at 6 p.m. for the next edition of the Fan Pregame. Have a great weekend, everyone.